Becoming One podcast. We are Brad and Kate. In our more than 20 years of marriage, we've survived both dark times and experienced restoration. Now, as a licensed marriage counselor and relationship coaches, we help couples to regain hope and joy. We invite you to journey with us as we are still becoming one. Let's start the conversation. Welcome back, everybody. We're so glad that you're here. We're thrilled to be doing a bonus episode in our Growing in Intimacy series. uh, We're going to do three of emotional intimacy, spiritual intimacy, and sexual intimacy, which are our last three podcasts. And we decided to add in a bonus fourth episode where we're talking about some other ways that you can continue to grow in intimacy together. Yeah. Excited about it. Absolutely. So, we wanted to jump right in and suggest a couple of other places that you can continue to grow as you are working on still becoming one in your marriage and how do you continue to grow together. So, the first bonus area of intimacy that we wanted to talk about was intellectual intimacy. Yes, I feel like intellectual intimacy sounds like a really intimidating and really big word because I don't. I feel like some people are like, I don't feel like I'm an intellect, so to speak. But I think that when we break it down, it is really just growing in each other's interests and hobbies. And that does not mean that you have to do every hobby that your spouse does. Although I think it's great when there are some things that the two of you decide together that you really love doing. Sure. But I think there's a spectrum for all of it of, of like, it could be something that you just encourage your spouse in, learn a little bit about, be able to have a conversation with, or actually like engage them in it and enjoy it with them. And then there's like the hardcore like we do that together and we really love it. And I, I feel like you and I have all of those. Sure. Um, and I, I think it's just important to continue learning as humans, as people, right? Like we're just continuing learning in different areas, whether it be at work, whether it be mm-hmm. hobbies, whether it be, uh, you know, something we're reading or listen to on the news and just remembering to share with each other what those things are that, catch your interest that you'd like to read, that you like to see, you know, and, and that you're thinking about and learning about together. Mm-hmm. And certainly if there are hobbies that you have, that you enjoy, it is spending enough time with your spouse's hobby so that you can hopefully carry on a conversation with them about what they're learning. Yeah. For the most part, I would say that uh, you're a hunter and like to hunt with our oldest. And I actually, know nothing about it and (laughs) so there are some that it's like I would say that's probably one of the only ones it's just because I'm not going to go with you if I'm not into it so then therefore like the connecting bit is a little bit hard but I know there are other things that you love that I've come to love you are a history buff and I knew that when we got married and I knew you loved civil war history and so I think I've really enjoyed learning some of that with you. I'm not quite as hardcore as you are. I mean, Brad loves visiting Gettysburg. We're, we don't live far from there and it's beautiful, but man, it was a three-day battle, which I do know, right? Okay. So, there yep, yep, Bonus there we go. Points. And um, it's a three-day battle and I get so lost of what is happening. I do know that 
the the North, the Union won, but the rest sometimes gets it's a little okay. lost we'll, on me. We'll do a Gettysburg <laughs> quiz another day. Oh, dear. Um, I probably won't do so well. But just like I've enjoyed learning that with you uh, to some extent, you know, and it's not to the level that you love it sure. and enjoy it. But it's been something we've grown in. And yeah, and I think that you have the same for me. And Absolutely. Right. I remember, you know, Kate is an amazing photographer. Um, she actually does um, family sittings and she used to do weddings, but they're a lot of work. So, yeah, we decided pretty quickly our kids were little. We weren't going to. She has the skill this. to do weddings. But um, so she's this just truly amazing photographer. She has a wonderful eye and catches people. Um, they're very just sweet. A very maybe a little biased. Wonderful but. setting. <laughs> anyway, um, but I know nothing about photography, but back a while ago, I kind of, she was taking a class on, on just some, some basics. And I said, Hey, can I take it with you? And just kind of sat down with her and learned a little bit so mm-hmm. I at least know like some of the words, maybe a little bit of the, of, of the terms. Um, and still I'm nowhere near as skilled as she is, but you know, I, there's a place where just learning a little bit with her um, mm-hmm. was kind of eye opening to what she's learned and, and how awesome she is in that. Yeah. And I think that's, we're saying about all of these intimacies, it's just a connection point that's where right. you can grow. And, um, I mean, we all here at home love that you are the king of useless knowledge. Absolutely. And he will come and be like, "Did you do you know what I heard today? Do you know what I learned today? And we are always just so excited because it's usually something no one in the world ever needs to know. But he enlightens us and we all chuckle. And That's right. We never knew it before that moment. That's right. Um, they're just connecting points and... It's just a really good thing that when we go through life, it is so easy to not connect all day long. Correct. That is the default with life. That's right. And this is really working on fighting against that. It is what are the things that are getting your interest, getting your time, and those are good. They're wonderful things. Just remember to share them with each other. So I think, yeah, that, I think that pretty much wraps up intellectual interests, hobbies, like it all kind of goes together, but as you continue to grow and learn, mm-hmm. you can share with your spouse where you're growing and learning. And Absolutely. I think you'll know what level they can endure. Right. <laughs> and, and if you're a podcast listener, share with your spouse what you're learning in podcasts about. Well, that can be tricky with marriage podcasts though. That can <laughs> well, be Well, it doesn't tricky. have to be this one. <laughs> well, here's the thing we always say, you share what you're learning and how it's transforming you, right? not what your spouse should be learning from what you just listened. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. That's, right? that's, a, that's a good good point. So good point. Okay. we'll just put that out there. Okay. So our next area of intimacy that we wanted to talk about is a tough one. It, this is a really hard one for a lot of couples. It's actually this idea of financial intimacy. Mm-hmm. Financial intimacy. So what does that even mean? Yeah. Um, I think I didn't think it was a real thing. I think again, when I, when we were first married, I was like, this is weird, but the reality is it is a connecting point. It is something that every couple has to deal with, has to learn to navigate together, has to merge their two, uh, upbringings and how that's impacted Mm -hmm. how they look at, 
um, spending money, saving money, all those things. And so it's a connecting point. Therefore, it can be something that we can seek to do well that brings us closer together, or it can be something that drives us apart. And as we know, sex and money are two statistically the biggest things that pull people in marriages from each other. So we've said before that the whole idea of intimacy is being fully known without a fear of rejection. So if we think about that in financial terms, it's having everything about your financial decisions, life, health, known by your spouse without fear of rejection through what it is to talk about those things. And all of a sudden, many of you are going gulp. Like that. That's hard. That's tough to think about of how not only you spend money, how you save money, what you think about it. Like there are a lot of different dynamics that go into how how finances can pull a couple apart. Well, and it's challenging because kind of what you said there makes it sound like we should just accept where we are. And there is a level of that. But as we know, we money is one of the, I think this is why it's a challenge in marriage, because you're learning to manage it before you're married to mm-hmm. some extent, mm-hmm. depending on how much you've done. And so you're bringing in things and, Every single one of us is bringing in some really good stuff and some dysfunction. Absolutely. And the dis- er- the levels of dysfunction or the areas of dysfunction have to be addressed. Absolutely. And a, a mutual plan has to be figured out, whatever that looks like. Yeah. And of course, there's tons of resources out there for you. But again, I think we would really say like the resources are there for you, but it's coming to a point where... It works for the two of you. And I think as we've grown and listened to couples, there are sometimes I hear something and I'm like, oh, I don't know that I would prescribe that, Mm -hmm. but they've been able to show that it works for the two of them. Right. And so it's figuring out how to navigate that. And usually that is just a tension point for couples. Absolutely. It, It can be very difficult. And um, you know, I don't want to prescribe any specific way of how do you need to do your finances or follow this person's book or, you know, yeah. any of those kind of things, because there are, there are so many differences, but there are a few things to, to be thinking about. And, and some of that really goes back to exactly what Kate was saying of, of what your story was around finances. And the reality is when you were eight or 10, you had no idea how much of your world was shaped by finances, but it was right. What happened at Christmas time, what schools you went to, what thing, like a lot of that was shaped by finances that mm-hmm. you didn't really know anything about. And so it does have this huge impact on life. And some of those stories might be important places to share mm-hmm. about your financial intimacy with your partner. Yeah. And then, and then just living in a space where you're coming up with something that works Mm -hmm. for the two of you to continue forward. And of course, just like everything in marriage and life that changes over the years, because you have times where expenses are more for various reasons. Um, and, or times are really tough or times are really, um, affluent for you and navigating all of those. So, yeah. And knowing, 
you know, what's coming in, what's coming out, those kind of things are really important. Knowing your financial personality too mm-hmm. is is really important. Are you more of a spender? Are you a saver? What does that mean? Right, right. Rather than just criticizing, because we can be really quick to get too critical of my goodness, how much did you spend or those kind of things. Or the other side of, why oh my goodness, why anything? won't you spend anything? Right. Yeah. You know, we can be very critical. How about stop and find out why that makes the person feel good? Why that makes the person feel safe when they can spend or when they can save? Yeah. And, and just being able to hold that information well, because there are a lot of emotions and a lot of shame around money and, having these conversations, but being able to hear the heart of your spouse and how they got there and not be condemning about it, Mm -hmm. but understanding, um, I think really will set you up to figure out how to navigate the future best. Absolutely. So financial intimacy is such an important topic. It is something that can either really unite you as a couple as you come together and try and figure out how do you navigate this well, or it can be really divisive mm-hmm. and uh, would just encourage you to not ignore it. And we'll definitely keep talking about areas of growing in this area of intimacy because it can be so important and so difficult. Yeah. I think the next, the next one that we wanted to, um, kind of address is this comes from our Dan Allender training. Uh, We just respect him so much of just fun, rest and play. And I think those things kind of sometimes run together, sometimes not, but those things connect us as a couple where we find fun together, Mm -hmm. where we find rest together and where we play together because this world, this marriage we are meant to delight in each other and delight in the things that God has blessed us with. And so how do you figure those out as a couple? What do you guys do for fun together? And I know when we had toddlers, it was like fun. I don't, I don't know. Do we we actually have fun or any money for fun? Um, But you and I have learned like fun doesn't have to come with a big price tag. You know, sometimes we just need it and we sit there and we watch funny YouTube videos. Tim Hawkins is one we love to laugh at. You know, what do you do for fun? That's that's not the only thing we do, but uh, that's just something that absolutely takes hardly any resources to absolutely. just tap into. Right. And it's one of those things that my guess is as a dating couple, you figured out what fun looked like. You were probably pretty purposeful about planning time for fun whether it be just the two of you or with friends or, you know, you had times where you enjoyed having fun together, but it is one of those things that when you get married quickly disappears Mm -hmm. and we have to be intentional. And then you're financially like, why do we do that this whole time? Right. Right. (laughs) Because we were just talking about finances. Wow. We just spent all of our money on fun and now we actually have to like pay rent and. Yep. All of the, the responsible things. So they are harder and and I think there's that's why it gets to be a challenge. But figuring out how do you play together, how do you rest together, and how do you have fun together is a absolutely critical part of intimacy. And mm-hmm. I would say they don't actually all have to be together. For me, it is 
part of intimacy to know that Kate is finding time for rest? That is a challenge in my life right now. It is a challenge in her life right now, but it's one that I try to prioritize and say, I want you to find rest too, because I know she is going to be healthier, happier, and just all around better when she is rested. So it's something that I'm trying to pay attention to, and we're both trying to pay attention to figuring out how to do that. Yeah, and rest is not necessarily sleep, although I love my sleep, and that's a huge part of it, but just finding mental space for me to rest is um, something I am deeply committed to figuring out right now, but I'll be honest, it's, it's a struggle every week. I'm trying to carve it out and every week something's trying to take it away. So um, yeah. And it really doesn't matter how often you talk to your kids about these kind of things, but there's a reality that just the other day, Kate was actually in a meeting. She was talking with some people um, and I was laying in my hammock doing absolutely nothing What's that like? Were you in your nothing box? I was in my nothing box. Nothing hammock. It was wonderful. It was restful. (laughs) It was great. I don't know what a nothing box is like. And one of our sons needed something, and guess who he talked to? Yes. Texted while I was in a Zoom meeting. So, you know, there is a place where mom gets all of the needs. Even if I'm sitting there available, sometimes, you know, my kids kind of forget Mm -hmm. (laughs) yes well yes so that was fun but yeah and and play like what do you do I guess play and fun could be the same but I don't think necessarily I think playfulness is something that we can often lose as adults or we can do a lot when we're uh dating and then Mm -hmm. when we're married it's just like oh just the drudgery of life And and yet if we engage these three things I believe that we are seeing a side of heaven, Jesus, yeah. his intent for our lives. Well, I'm going to be controversial here. I'm going to say I oh think boy. a lot of times our fun, rest, and play have all gone to TV. Hmm. And hmm. man, I... Who are you being I, controversial to? Probably myself, because okay. I'm one who who can definitely TV enjoy person. TV, and yet I see it so often in, like, this is what we do every day. We, you know, pretty much come home from work, have dinner, turn on the TV, and that becomes both rest and play and fun, and mm. that's about it. And look, there are times, for sure, absolutely, I'm, and, you know, we definitely have enjoyed spending some time watching a show together, those kind of things that can certainly be. But if that's the only fun mm. and play, yeah, I would suggest maybe looking elsewhere. Yeah. I think that you've come really far in that. And um, so I think it's very different than when we were first married because I know that was a big challenge for you. But I do think it is something that we can perceive as rest because your body's not moving, you're, you know, Right. You're able to sit and sort of relax. But as we know, so many studies show that screens where light is flashing, they don't actually help us to rest, to enter no. into a state of rest. No. And so And it's probably more disassociating and checking out than it is actually choosing rest. Mm. That's that's a difference. Yeah. 
So choosing rest in your marriage may be a whole nother topic, but uh, mm-hmm. that we can get into. But really encourage all of you to think about what it means to have the intimacy of fun and play and rest mm-hmm. in your marriage and have some conversations about what that could look like. How do you be intentional around that? How do you encourage your, like, how do you see those times for your spouse and encourage them to find them? Just like Brad said, he's really trying to help me with the rest thing, which I need all the help I can get. But, you know, there are times I, I see that Brad needs a break and he needs to go have fun or play or something. And I'll just say, hey, you know, this can wait. Why don't you go find something to do that brings you joy? Um, and sometimes we do those things together, but that I think is part of the intimacy absolutely puzzle because we're aware of each other, where we're at, what we need, what things don't have to happen right now. And I'll be honest, that's that's a tough one for me. Um, if there's something on my list, I find it hard to relax and move on, but it's something that I am working through. So just thinking about, the things for yourself, the things you do together. And then there are times just recognizing that your spouse needs some time to do one of these. Yep. That's really good. And really, really important as a way of kind of drawing to a close of our Growing in Intimacy series, because there are all these different ways that we can truly work on becoming one together as we are navigating through just growing in intimacy and growing closer together. Yeah, for sure. So we hope that you enjoyed this series and will continue to follow us. Find us on social media, on Facebook and Instagram, where it's still becoming one, and Twitter, we're at at One Flesh Marriage. We would love to have follow us and join us in the conversation there. Still Becoming One is a production of Aldrich Ministries. For more information about Brad and Kate's coaching ministry, courses, and speaking opportunities, you can find us at aldrichministries.com. For podcast show notes and links to resources in all of our social media, be sure to visit us at stillbecomingone.com. And don't forget to like this episode wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to follow us to continue your journey on Still Becoming One.